Faces. This is, uh, this is fun. Well, will be. I hope. Uh, this is Mark Hershon, and you're listening to Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast. It is uh, test show number two. We're not actually live. This is not actually something you can get from iTunes as yet, mostly because I haven't figured out how to get it up there. But you will be able to hear this uh, by getting a link through SuckatashShow.com, which is live. The Facebook page, Suckatash Show, is also live. And we have been tweeting as Suckatash on Twitter, at Suckatash Show at Twitter. Um, so we're, we're around. We're around. I'm around, anyway. Uh, soon to be we, I think. I've uh, been talking to several comedians about possibly co-hosting some of these events. Well, they're not really events. It's just a, just a podcast. Um, what we do on... Suckatash is play clips from uh, podcasts, comedy podcasts that are out there in the interwebs. Some of them are current. Some of them are coming up this week. Some of them are, at least in this test show, are from a week or so ago just because they're still pretty funny clips. And uh, um, I'm still putting this thing together. So I just wanted something that I knew would be more entertaining than me. Um, One of the comments I got was... uh, that I sort of downplayed my own credits in the first test show. And some people that are tuning in might want to know a little bit more about your host. I I will reveal more as time goes on. I don't want to just sort of talk about me, but uh, I do know a lot of the comedians who I will be playing podcasts from or of. Uh, I've been in and around the stand-up comedy scene since 1978. Is that right? Good Lord. Um, yeah, I used to do a book comedy in San Francisco, uh, working for the punchline and rooster tea feathers a long time ago down in Sunnyvale and ran a comedy club in Seattle, the comedy underground, which is, uh, still alive and kicking. I was up there in the mid, the early and mid eighties. So I think anyone who was up there at that time is probably dead by now. Um, and I've, uh, I've been in the, uh, improvisational comedy side of things for quite some time, starting with theater sports in Seattle and have had uh, improv groups in San Francisco, Los Angeles, Santa Fe, New Mexico, San Carlos, California, and I'm currently teaching improv um, in San Francisco through the San Francisco Comedy College. So uh, keeping my hand in and still uh, very friendly and good friends with a number, as I said, of the comedians who host today's modern comedy podcast. Also, some of them are quite new to me, Um, but uh, maybe I'll meet them as we go along. The first podcast we're going to get to today, um, actually, I'll tell you who uh, we've got coming up today. We've got uh, Chris Hardwick, uh, we've got Jimmy Dore, David Feldman, Adam Carolla, Kevin Pollack, and Greg Fitzsimmons. But the first thing we're going to get to is After Hours with Mark Pitta and his host, Dana Carby. This is from a few weeks ago. Uh, Mark has uh, not been very fastidious about getting a weekly podcast up. He promises me that uh, um, podcast number five is on its way. But uh, at the moment, the latest is uh, number four with Dana Carvey, who he talked to shortly after hosting a guest hosting Saturday Night Live in early February. So let's give a listen to a few minutes with Mark Pitta and Dana Carvey. Hosting... Saturday Night Live is a completely different sport than being a cast member. Because you're by proxy just in every single sketch. So you leave the read-through on Wednesday, you're in 14 things. Um, 
they're all going to evolve and change their singing, rehearsal, dancing. So when you're a cast member, you might come out of the sh- you might on Wednesday be in four things or three things, uh, two that you might be just a supporting player and then one is a leading player. So it's much more relaxing. It's more intensive and controlled over your pieces. But when you're a host, you're, you, you have a lot more work to do. You know, you, you're, you're doing photo shoots and, and you're doing promos and you're, it's just a, it's a lot harder work. I think it was really hard hosting it when I first hosted it in my early 40s. So that's just physically hard, you, you know. Hosting. The fans are more. I find, I mean, you know, obviously Betty White did it, so people might go, what are you talking about? It really depends. <laughs> you know. Well, you, have, you bring a lot to the table and they have a lot of options with you. And, they, and originally, how many sketches were you in? Um, you know, probably 13 or 14. And then it cut down to like seven, you know. So you had to memorize all that stuff. Yeah, you got to prepare for it like you're going on TV. And the main thing is, like, every second you're doing something for the for those last two days, 13, 14 hours a day, and every second you're trying to make things better. Like I sang that song, and we had one melody in read-through on Wednesday and then had to change it. So even at 10.30 on Saturday night, I didn't really have the song. And, and uh, why did they want to change the tempo? I don't know. Well, the melody line, everything. I don't know if it was a rights issue or something, oh, but okay. we had to change it, and so I didn't really even have it. So all all day long, they come with the keyboard, and I was trying to learn the song as I'm going on in 45 minutes. Wow, it's great. So you are busy 24 seven on that show. You have what four hours sleep a night, and you go right back. Yeah, yeah. So it's physically hard. It's, it's still really fun because it's so ridiculously challenging. Yeah. You know, you just completely hardly know your lines. You're just going out there, and, and then you know. What was the re- uh, response when you first walked in for the new cast? How did the new cast respond to you? Um, you know, just so nice. It was just kind of I realized that you know, <laughs> it made me feel like you know the years had passed because the guy who played Snooky, Bobby Moynihan, yeah, he was said to me very seriously, "This is the greatest night of my life in show business" because he had gone trick or treating as a church lady. <laughs> so you know that's part of the reason I did church chat. You know, oh my god, he got to be he got to be in church chat with you. That must have blown his mind. My little surreal. Dana Carvey uh, and Mark Pitta after hours is the name of his podcast. Uh, you can find that at markpitta.com. Also, can subscribe from uh, iTunes. In fact, uh, all of the podcasts that we have today. I believe, are available through iTunes. Uh, Yeah, they're all available through iTunes. There are a few out there that uh, have not subscribed to the iTunes way of distribution. I'll mention those uh, if and when we play those. Um, That was uh, Dana Carvey, who uh, I know quite well. I've actually uh, worked on a couple of projects with Dana, uh, a couple of screenplays, um, did a little bit of writing on his latest HBO special a couple of years ago. And um, he's a nice guy. Just, you know, he's one of those people, people go, boy, he must be a nice guy. And yes, he's a nice guy. Um, Great. Let's uh, move on to uh, the Nerdist podcast, Nerdist with Chris Hardwick, Jonah, and Matt, who uh, I know Jonah's last name is Ray. I I haven't caught Matt's last name. And I tell you the truth, I couldn't find it on on the website. So um, I guess I guess he's a sidekick. Because uh, there's no last name that I can find. Uh, they were at South by Southwest a few weeks ago, and John Oliver was their guest. Um, they've had a few podcasts uh, since then. They actually put up two a week, so they're um, uh, very uh, busy 
the uh, Nerdist guys. But uh, this one was pretty entertaining, so I think I'll play this one for you. Uh, John Oliver, South by Southwest, live in front of a uh, live audience. <laughs> I mean, do, is it uh, like the idea that, that so many people get their actual nope. news from, from, no, from the Daily Show? No, I don't, Chris. I know, no, I know, I know, but some people do. Some people do. I don't think that's true. So I think you'd have to, I think you'd have to be getting news from other sources to even understand what we were talking about. So I think that's only occurs when it poses a question, do you watch The Daily Show or cable news? And if people go to us, and I'm not even sure they do, if they go to us over that, that is through a failing of the cable news <laughs> rather than the success of what we do. We're a comedy show. Yeah. That, we're pretty open about that. <laughs> <laughs> they are a new show and seem to be... There's some subterfuge as to whether that's actually the case or not. So, yeah, I, I really don't think young people, if I may cast you all with that, uh, I don't think young people do get their news from The Daily Show. I think they come to us for comedy. And if you come to us for something other than comedy, you are going to be disappointed. I, uh, I tune into CNN for holograms. Yep, that's right. <laughs> I flipped over to Headline News for the whole the, uh, the Japan earthquake thing, and I was like, oh, Headline News would probably have, nope, showbiz tonight. <laughs> but the Kardashians are really great. Headline News, yeah. doesn't, it's hard to keep up headline news doesn't really count, though. That's, that's, that's the kind of news you want if you're in an airport. Right. Nothing to... Ironically, heavy. I was. Yeah, there you go. See, that's it. <laughs> Do you think you'd be able to, like, you know, at some day, if, you, if, you, if you're not working at the Daily Show anymore, would you go to work for someone like CNN, or would, are you going to no, go? No, okay. no. Because <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's a comedian. Will you <laughs> end your comedy career? <laughs> to... No, but I, but listen, it, like, if, you know, if, 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 if someone took over and they were like, we want to make the, you know, like, we want to, we want to do, be funny, and like, we want to present news in a funny way on, on a certain show, like. I would say you should go and do that on a comedy channel. <laughs> And if you work for a news channel, stop trying to be funny because you can't do it, and it's sad. Yeah. yeah it, no, I would never, ever do that because I'm not a qualified journalist. I do, as unlike what perhaps it seems, I do have great respect for good journalism. But so I can't do that. I have no journalistic skills or responsibility. That's what at times makes my job so easy. Because when you're interviewing people, they expect it to be within the rules of politeness that you get in journalism, and they are very quickly disappointed by those parameters. I mean, at this point, people must know what they're getting into if, they, if you interview them. They it. do, but I guess there's part of them that thinks, well, you know, it's going to be like a news interview. He's not going to tell me to go fuck myself. <laughs> not for one page of questions, I'm not, but then that is going to happen. <laughs> Do they not understand that you guys can edit the footage however you want? It's amazing how... Because people do believe what they say when you're interviewing these people. They, you know, we, we talk to them because they do hold these opinions. And so some of the crazier, that often those that, that you think come out the worst from those field pieces are often the ones that then call up the next day to say, can I have 30 copies of that on DVD for my family? And you think, you can. <laughs> but I wouldn't in your position. But I think, I think they're like watching it thinking, why are they laughing? I've made an entirely coherent point about the birthplace of Barack Hussein Obama. <laughs> yeah. They don't understand, they don't see where the comedy is. No. Coming. John Oliver paying a visit to uh, the live Nerdist podcast with Chris Hardwick, Jonah, and Matt. You can find that at Nerdist.com and at iTunes. Chris Hardwalk, uh, Hardwalk. Chris Hardwick also has a, a, a book coming out called The Nerdist Way, 
Uh, I think that's due out uh, November 1st, but you can uh, advance order through Amazon.com. Uh, it's a book how to get to the next level in real life. So for, uh, for your inner nerd, make sure to check out The Nerdist Way. Next up, we have uh, The Jimmy Dore Show. Jimmy Dore has been doing a, a podcast for quite some time. He uh, normally has a panel of uh, other like-minded comedian folks with him, and uh, they oftentimes wax political, as they do in this clip from The Jimmy Dore Show. Time for another installment of Oh My God. Okay, coming up on Oh My God today. Now, there was a lot of things to pick from. There was a lot. I didn't know uh, what to pick from, but I'm just going to go with Donald Trump, and then uh, we might play something else if it doesn't get us there. Uh, Donald Trump was on The View, and he's thinking of running for president. Now, you know, say what you want about Donald Trump. You know, he's a a bigger-than-life personality, and he shoots his mouth off. But uh, here he was talking about Barack Obama, and he had something to say about the birthers. Huh? He kind of, here we go. I was a really good student at the best school. I'm not like a smart guy, okay? They make these birthers into the worst idiots. Why doesn't he show his birth certificate? I want him to show his birth certificate. I want him to show his birth certificate. There's something on that birth certificate that he doesn't like. Oh, my God. So that was that was Donald Trump is is now a birther. I want him Mm. to show his barber. (laughs) Forget him. What about that? Dumbass audience there I know. applauding him. Yeah. I mean, they're pl- exactly, they're applauding. That's right. Let's see his. It's unbelievable. He showed his birth certificate. It's it's couldn't be more clear that there's proof that he was born. It's it's just pure racism. It's just pure. That is just pure racism. No, it's a little diluted. It's well, just a little. Diluted. The Republican governor of Hawaii <clears throat> has certified his birth. His birth certificate is like everyone else's birth certificate from Hawaii. Everyone the else's. only the only plausible explanation is that he somehow went back in time and put the announcement of his birth in the Hawaii newspapers. Yes. So that people so that it would cover up the fact that he was born someplace. I'm not else. ruling it out. And he knew <laughs> and he knew that he would be president. And I wonder <clears throat> what the odds are. It's like how many people could produce their original birth certificate. <clears throat> Um, I you know the, I couldn't. They say I have the, mine. They say the long form birth certificate, and I'm like, well, what is that? You know that thing that nobody ever heard of until we had a black president, <laughs> <laughs> right? right. Oh, <laughs> oh, that thing. Ah. Oh, the long form birth certificate. Oh, we, we, oh, I you have that. Well, now we want to see the video, and uh, we need to see it being signed by Reagan. I have my <laughs> long form right next to. I keep it right next to my KKK card. I love I love uh, pomposity coming from a guy whose hair looks like. Half his head is hogging the covers, <laughs> <laughs> and he loves to he loves to pretend that that's not screwed up. Like, no, it's look, it's my real hair. I don't know. Wh- You're the only guy I know then who can comb his real hair into looking like a horrible toupee. Yeah, if that was your, you, would, if that was a toupee, you would fire the toupee weaver. Yeah. Or, or whoever bought it for you, or the guy who made you the mirror, you'd yeah. be firing people all over yeah. the place. But since it's he's claiming it's his real here, I guess that makes it okay. Yeah, but I'm glad that the media is paying a lot of attention to his make-believe presidential run. Yes, it is make-believe, too, by the way. He doesn't really – there's no – Because not... once he runs, too, I mean, you know, one of the things that will come out about him is, you know, for a big part of his career, he, he was a – He's had a lot of failures in real estate, and, mm-hmm. and you know he's been bankrupt he a couple has. of times. He's yes. not like the greatest businessman that ever lived, like he presents himself to be. I th- well, I he, think he, he, go ahead. He, he did say he's a really smart guy. Yeah, he, <laughs> I he think, said that. Yes, I think America at this point in in, in its uh, economic uh, health really needs somebody that loves to over leverage things and uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. and is a bully. 
I oh. think it would be exactly what we need. I have to say that it, it, this is the clearest sign yet that he is serious about running, uh, going for the birther or at least getting the Republican nomination. So if he somehow comes around and blames the economy on gays, then we know he's <laughs> he's in it to he's, win it. He is in it, yes. That's the Jimmy Dore Show, found at jimmydorecomedy.com, also at iTunes. And uh, that's a very consistent show. It's uh, every week. I think they go up the same day, although I can't tell you right now what that day is. Um, let's see. Uh, I will. Um, oh, you know what? I forgot to say that we are sponsored this week. Yes. Once again, we have a sponsor. Uh, this week, it's uh, the good folks at Sugar Hill Foods. And uh, I've actually got a spot here from uh, from Sugar Hill. So um, let's get the bills paid. This portion of Succotash is brought to you by Sugar Hill Foods. Fine foods with an extra helping of whatever it is that nobody really needs. For a limited time only, Sugar Hill Foods is offering tin fish. This is not just a modern-day can of tuna, but authentic tin cans from the 1940s. Stuffed with a variety of unidentifiable whitefish, each can is brimming with thick, heavy vegetable oil. Recovered by a deep-sea salvage team from a freighter that was torpedoed by a German U-boat during World War II, Sugar Hill Foods tin fish harkens back to a time when sturdy tin containers were soldered with real lead to seal in freshness. And hearty, you betcha! The mystery fish in these tin beauties is guaranteed to contain bone fragments, scales, and gills still intact. You may even find a lucky fish hook. Digging into a tin of Sugar Hill Foods tin fish is like burrowing back to a gentler time, before the oceans were all fished out, and no one cared that the Japanese fishing fleets were scooping up dolphins like they were M&Ms. And our own American food safety regulations were lax at best, assuring diners that not only were they getting the finest that the seas of the 1940s had to offer, but more mercury than most thermometers. Enjoy some Sugar Hill Foods tin fish with your family tonight. Sugar Hill Foods. Food so good, it ought to be a crime. Thanks again to the fine folks at Sugar Hill Foods for hosting today's episode of Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast. I'm Mark Hirsch, I'm your host. And as I'd mentioned before, I will periodically tell you a little bit more about myself as these podcasts unspool on the internet. Uh, I just uh, don't want to toot my own horn too much and uh, bore everybody. But uh, I will tell you that um, the host of the next clip, the David Feldman Potty Potty Podcast, the David Feldman Comedy Podcast, uh, is a guy I've known for a very long time. Uh, David Feldman cut his political comedy teeth in San Francisco, and uh, I probably booked him into some of his very first stage time, if I'm not mistaken. And he's still kind enough to actually acknowledge my existence and identify myself without having to be reintroduced whenever I run into him. Uh, David has uh, written on a number of television shows, including The Bill Maher Show, The Daily Show, uh, and uh, a number of uh, award shows as well, but don't hold that against him. Uh, he puts together the David Feldman Comedy Podcast. It's a bit of a weird, irregular kind of podcast. Uh, sometimes it's in the style of an old radio show. Uh, now that he's uh, broadcasting on Pacifica Radio, it's oftentimes a little bit more political and a little less um, uh, community theater, can I say? Uh, but uh, let's give a listen to just a uh, little funny brief moment here um, with an impression of, uh, of Mickey Rooney. I'm not actually sure who does this impression on the show, but here's a piece of the David Feldman Comedy Podcast. 102, take one. Hi, I'm Mickey Rooney, Academy Award-winning victim of elder abuse. Cut. 102, take two. 
Are you suffering from chronic diarrhea? Is your hair falling out? Well, you might be a victim of the studio system. I know Cut. that I was a... Cut! Victim. Mr. Rooney, uh, what are you doing? This has nothing to do with the studio system. Nope. You're selling potassium iodide tablets. You know, oh. the stuff that protects the thyroid from the potential nuclear fallout in Japan. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, well, I was getting to that, uh, young man. Let's try it again. All right, all right. Let's try it again. 102, take three. Hi, I'm Mickey Rooney. Have you ever thought about what would happen if there was a nuclear meltdown near your house and you just bought a brand new couch? Cut. Uh, Mickey, what, what was that? I, I just bought a new couch. Uh, couches are very expensive. Have you ever priced a couch? I don't, yeah. even, I don't even really need a couch. A big yeah, chair okay, is okay, a couch okay. for me. I'm a small man. Okay, good. You let's, know that I can run under a table with my hat on and not knock it off? Okay. Yeah. Let's start that over. All right. I. You know what? Okay, action. Yeah, really? You know, young man, I saw Jesus in a coffee cup. It was one of those Greek diner coffee cups the Acropolis on the front. With over that action page. Jesus was right at the bottom. Rolling and action. Action. Hi, I'm Mickey Rooney, gambling addict, drug addict, born-again Christian. You know, my sixth wife died Cut. in a murder-suicide in my own bed. Wait, I'm sorry, I've lost my train of thought. Action. Where, where, what are we selling? Uh, potassium iodide tablets. Ooh, right, right. Yeah, really? Hi, I'm Mickey Rooney. Judy took a long walk down the Cut. path of drugs, and I never saw her again. Pray with me, young man. Pray with me. Am I getting union for this? Okay, focus, Mickey. Focus. With over that action piece. If we've learned anything from the tragedy in Japan, it's that we must prepare ourselves for the day when uh, all the non-coloreds in the world Cut. will be raptured up to heaven. Action piece. To sit at the throne of Jesus and his pet mongoose. Disaster said. preparedness. You're selling emergency supplies, Mickey. Right. Now I know what you're saying. Mickey, Japan is 7,000 miles away. What do I need with a gas mask? Well, apparently, Jack Warner never forced you at gunpoint to go down on Ethel Merman. God! Okay, just, just get to the pills. Action piece. It's nuclear. Nuclear. Got it. Are you worried about nuclear fallout? Well, worry no more because you can protect your thyroid with this bottle of pills. Judy told me if you want to carry a piano over the Andes, you just Cut. take one of these pills. I found her passed out naked once on the Cut. set of The Wizard of Oz. Her legs thrown out like a couple of crab legs at uh, Sid's okay. Crab House. Okay. It was literally a buffet for munchkins. All right, just, just get to the testimonial, please, Mickey. All right, all right. With over that action piece. So the next time you're facing nuclear fallout, take one of these potassium iodide pills and put on this mask from B&A Emergency Products. Why? Because Ernest Borgnine is a no-talent prick who got where he is by pure luck. I, I, I call him as I see him. Cut. B&A Emergency Products. Because you can never be too prepared for the end of the world. Oh, I'm ready. Mickey Rooney's ready for the end. Of now, the let me just add. For I've sake. been sitting in my own poo for 12 hours. <laughs> <laughs> bring it on. I, so I say bring on the end of the world. How many more times do I have to pee in my own face in my sleep? <laughs> That's my favorite thing. That's David Feldman in the David Feldman comedy podcast slash radio show. Occasionally it's called the radio show. I think they all play over Pacifica Radio. It's also available from davidfeldmancomedy.com and, of course, from iTunes. You're listening to Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast. Hope to be coming to you every week or so. 
I'm sometimes not the most consistent person in the room, thanks to uh, a number of other projects that I have going on at any one time. Uh, one of the reasons I put together Succotash was because I just, I just feel there's so many damn comedy podcasts out there that I certainly can't keep up with them. I've only recently just started listening to a lot of them uh, just to put this show together. It would take a lot of time to have to listen to every comedy podcast that goes up every week. So what I wanted to do was offer you sort of a Whitman sampler of comedy podcasts with Succotash. And I may not get to your favorites. I may not get to them all, but I will try to make them entertaining, uh, the clips that I play, in hopes that you will go search them out yourself and play them in their entirety and, and make up your own damn mind. You are certainly welcome to uh, drop me a letter or a note or an email or a tweet. Uh, whatever you'd like to do, you can reach me uh, at mark at, the, mark at .com. Uh Also, uh, at Succotash Show on Twitter. Um, and if you're on Facebook, you can uh, drop a comment on the wall at the uh, Succotash Show page. And please like the Succotash Show page, so people can start finding it a little bit easier. So yeah, if you've got shows you want to recommend you haven't heard on here, uh, or I've played something that you think is uh, reprehensible and should be called out, I might not listen to you. I mean, this is this is my damn podcast. You can get your own, I suppose, but I don't want to alienate anybody this early on. Hell, it's only test show number two. So uh, send your comments, send your emails, send your tweets, and I will uh, attempt to address each and every one that comes in. Next up, we have uh, another old friend of mine, Kevin Pollack, uh, the Kevin Pollack Chat Show. Amazing story with Kevin Pollack's chat show. Um, I was uh, I was privy to him when he started tweeting at the uh, online during the Oscars two years ago, and he had just discovered Twitter, I believe, and just had a field day sniping away. Uh, from the comfort of his living room on Twitter. And I think he had such a good time. I got so much feedback uh, that he really liked that he said, how can I do this more regularly? And he started a, a podcast within a couple of months, but not just an audio podcast. This is a full-on TV production where uh, he sits a la Charlie Rose against a dark background around a wooden, round wooden table uh, with one guest and uh, just uh, has it out with him. And sometimes these shows go two, two and a half hours. It's quite an amazing conversation. Um, my favorite story about Kevin Pollack, uh, as I said, I've known him for quite some time, uh, was I saw him uh, again when he's just sort of uh, pierced the veil of performance sort of publicly for the first time. I was a kid uh, in my teens and I was uh, watching Rich Little at the old Circle Star Theater in San Carlos and Rich Little had gone into his Columbo impression and all of a sudden there was an interruption from the audience in this, this uh little fellow uh, who looked about my same age, but wearing a rumpled trench coat and doing a dead-on Columbo impression interrupted Rich Little's uh, impression. It was Kevin Pollack, who I don't believe had ever performed publicly, at least in a comedy club at that time. Uh, and he was invited on stage by Rich Little, and uh, they had kind of a dueling Columbo thing for, uh, for a little while. It was pretty impressive. And uh, I, re I remembered that when he started emerging on the comedy scene. So it seems I've been privy to Kevin Pollack's uh, early uh, beginnings in a couple of different fields of endeavor. Anyway, let's uh, give a listen to a recent uh, edition of Kevin Pollack's chat show. This, of course, is not video. You're listening on audio. So here's an audio presentation of Fred Savage when he paid Kevin Pollack a visit. And we are, I don't care how many 
hours of overtime or how much a producer's glaring at me. If an actor isn't happy with a take or a performance or a scene, I, will, I won't move on. Like, I, 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 I hate leaving an actor. Like I said, that vulnerability thing. Like, I want them to leave being like, I fucking nailed it. You know, like, boom. And, and also to know that the director has their back. Yeah. Is a huge thing. Yes. Yeah. I don't want to move on unless they're happy. And I, I know I've, I left, and I know Kecton was like, he wanted to do more with it. And, and I wanted, like, there was just nothing there to grab onto. You know, there was no, there was no toehold. So I worked with him, but I feel like I didn't get, I didn't get the full, right. I didn't get, you know, the full experience just because that part was, was Well, it just means you'll have to cast him again. Yeah. Oh, I will. I'm a huge fan of his. He's yeah, amazing. And, and, uh, He's crazy amazing. I, um, I want to get the chance to work with him again and give him something he can really sink his teeth into. Get him on the phone. Um, so the Tweet 5 is a rapid fire, five questions, this or that, Coke or Pepsi, no wrong answer. Go. But they are designed specifically for you by the viewer. To trick me. Acid wash jeans, parachute pants. Parachute pants. Swatch watch, slap Swatch band, watch. Or slap band. Swatch it. We're done? Absolutely. There's no other choice. Vans <laughs> or Chuck Taylors? Chuck Taylors. Izod OP shirts? Izod. Fraggles or Smurfs? Fraggles. Wow, it's a perfect world. Yeah. Those are all correct answers. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I prepared for this. Nicely done. <clears throat> Smurfs I did not like. It was 90 minutes, that cartoon when I was a kid. It lasted forever. So you can't wait to see the movie, you're saying? That's, that's the answer I was looking for. <laughs> uh, this one comes from the chat room from Corey underscore L. Could that be our very own Levine? I think his name is pronounced Levin. I looked, at you. I looked at you when I said his name and he came out <laughs> Levine. How dare you. Corey Levin. What was the fan response to your scene-stealing performance in the underrated film Rules of Attraction, and what was it like playing a character so contrary to audience expectations? Yes, indeed. That was in your dossier. Let's get to it. Yes. Uh, that was this... I mean... I, I, I don't even know how I came to be involved with that. Well, I, that's the first thing we need to know. Yeah, I, I, I think I just went and auditioned for it. Whose idea? I, th- I had, an, like, I had an, a feature, a new feature agent who was like trying to get me to do like cool different stuff. Stretch it. Fred, yeah. you got to stretch, stretch it. it. And, and you read the script and you go, oh, fuck, this is stretching it. Yeah, I'm like, let's go. Why not? Let's do it. And I, um, I remember I watched all these like druggy movies and tried to like find some stuff to do. Touch, your, touch your face. Yeah, just and so the audition was 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 cool and and um, and then I got the job. It was not very sexy. You go to an audition and you try and get it, and I got it. And I mean, I was in and out of there in like a few hours. But I remember I really wanted to like, I, I, you know, I'm not like a method actor at all, so I was sober when I was doing it. But like, I really tried to get like this headspace, and I remember really I don't remember a lot from the morning because I was really trying to get in this like headspace. Um, and it was great. Like, I, I don't do that a lot. I mean, I, the, the stuff I do doesn't call for me to, like, totally, like, go somewhere else. But, but, but this did, and I, and I, I kind of went there in my head, and, and um, you know, he started throwing, you know, Roger Avery is, like, this mad kind of genius. And, and he uh, start, just started throwing stuff at me and started improving a little bit. And it was really cool. I really, it was a really great experience. You loved it. I loved it. Yeah. And uh, I was playing clarinet at the time, so that was my clarinet that I, I brought because I was like, 
It was, it was, it was scripted. I asked you earlier if you had hobbies, and you failed to mention the clarinet. The clarinet. The clarinet. That was Speaking a hobby. Of That's sexy. less of a hobby and more of a, of a, a shameful secret. I, I really love I really self cock block? It. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> I was just trying to make myself really sexy. And I was like, chicks love the clarinet players. Um, Woody Allen. Yeah, there you go. Come on. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, I played that in like fifth grade in, in grade school. You had to like pick an instrument, and I really liked it. And so when I was, I was well, not working, I had quite a bit of downtime for mm. a couple of years, and I was like, oh, I'll pick up the clarinet again. KevinPollockChatShow.com. You can see that uh, usually live, 3 p.m. on Sundays at KevinPollockShow.com. You can also, of course, download uh, it on iTunes. You can download both the video and the audio uh, if you just prefer to listen to it. Uh, for a long time, I was just downloading the, the video and oftentimes would listen to it in my car um, off of my iPod uh, just because I didn't have time to watch it. Um, but now it's available on audio as well, KevinPollockChatShow.com. Adam Carolla is somebody who also has a podcast. Uh, you might remember Adam from uh, The Man Show a number of years ago. He's done some other work since then, of course, uh, but uh, has a regular podcast with a big following and a lot of great guests, as proven by last week's drop-in, Ileana Douglas. Let's give a listen. There was a pilot audition a few weeks ago because, of course, the joke of it is they always pester you. No, no, no. You're the only one they want. Sure, you're the sure. only No, there's you just and it's just like you said, it's just a chemistry read. Sure. You know? But and then you have to do your contract before, you know, you have to sign. Everything. Sure. Yeah. And so I did one of those. And then you start psyching yourself up into like, well, it is a lot of money. And I I, I will be able to buy my mom that new car. And, and then you take you know, it back and I'll I'll move to Florida. Mm-hmm. And then I went in for the audition and it was me and two two black girls wow and uh it was one of the most awkward (laughs) it was like the most awkward experience because go for the same role yes and i had to go in and the other girls were looking at me like you know you're not black and i'm like i know i'm not black you know like because there there were two girls sure and i was just the one girl (laughs) and when i went in I mean, they were all sitting there. It was, and nobody said anything. I thought it was one of the strangest experiences. And again, I said, "You do know I'm not African American, right?" Like before, I and I shouldn't have said. I tried to make a light of the sure. situation. Shouldn't have pointed it out. Tyler Perry presents Cape Fear. But they, uh, they did not find that to be wow. amusing. Did you get? Did you get the role? Or? Uh, I did not. I did oh, not okay. get the role. I don't think any of us got the role. Usually you can you can sort of t- sense they will they will are... do little things you can do. there's little tells when the casting guys are getting kind of tired they'll go um you know uh <laughs> we're just reading the first scene now we're oh, just reading yeah. the first scene instead of the three scenes we're just reading the first scene but you can always tell if you did a good job on the first scene because they'll go uh, you, you know what, Ileana, let's go ahead and see that second scene as yes. long as you prepared for that. That means if it's first scene and out, you're done. Right. And if they heap it on a little too thick, that was awesome. Awesome. <laughs> well, we're so glad. So, you know, it's that sort of weird parent of the special needs kid and they've yeah. done their first finger painting. Oh, 
and it's going right on the refrigerator. Like they're just a little because if they're seriously considering you for the role, they're playing it a little closer to the vest. Like they'll go, yeah. that was good, Ian. That's good. Let's let's try it again. They're kind of in business mode. They're like, right. let's see it again. I want to, let's try it this way. But when they're get the fuck out of here, we gotta see so oh awesome, yeah. awesome. All right. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> but it's so funny, and then some things where it's a huge part, and they just call you and give it to you. Really? Where? Yeah. <laughs> Who are they? When, how's that work? Well, like, for instance, the, in the show that I just did, Chaos, that's mm-hmm. executive produced by Brett Ratner, and I, I know Brett, and I've worked at CBS, and it was like this amazing part to play Tim Blake Nelson's ex-wife, and they just, and I, you open it up, and you go, well, now this is a mistake. I'm in every but scene. But it should. You know, this is huge. But you know what I don't? understand and it and it and it kind of pisses me off about this business and and it's because there's too many chefs in the kitchen and yes. by the way when i say chefs <laughs> i mean hacky fucking bus boys who don't know the fucking paprika line cooks. <laughs> yeah. i barely line cooks i mean these guys are fucking hacks but there's way too many people and yes. what i don't understand is in other realms you know when i was a carpenter people just go oh he's a good carpenter and then their friend would say do you have a good carpenter and they go yeah his name's adam he's honest he's a really good carpenter and they go mm-hmm. oh okay i wouldn't have to go to their house and i go all right pop quiz which one's the straight <laughs> bit which one's the roman og bit which one's the trim bit for the router like they knew i was a carpenter the friend said i was a carpenter and when i went back to the guy's house to do more work it was like oh here's the carpenter guy i was in a movie with Ileana douglas well I was in the same movie Ileana Douglas was in. Uh, she was a co-star. I had a part as an electrician and was on screen for a total of four seconds and had no lines that actually made it into the film. Uh, that was starring uh, Noah Wiley called The Californians. And um, my, for my four seconds, I did actually get to wreak some havoc in the course of the movie. So it, well, at least it was a somewhat potent role. Anyway, that was Adam Carolla. You can catch him at Ad- the uh, at adamcarolla.com, and also his show is uh, available through iTunes. As I said, we uh, have a sponsor this week. It's Sugar Hill Foods, and we have another spot from Sugar Hill Foods. So let's uh, let's get to that commercial, and we'll get back to the comedy in just a moment. This portion of Succotash is brought to you by Sugar Hill Foods. Fine foods with an extra helping of whatever it is that nobody really needs. If you can't stand the taste of artificial sweeteners or the way some canned vegetables lose their spunk in the gunk that they're swimming around in, you really aren't going to want to try Sugar Hill Foods' newest product, Tomato Tomato. Starting with only the finest ingredients, Sugar Hill Foods cooks beautiful red-ripe tomatoes over the culinary equivalent of a blast furnace for up to 17 hours. What remains is a hardened blob of tomato paste that is then plunged into a can of water and salt and sealed up for shipment to a store near you. Originally developed for the military, fallout shelters, and the homeless, Tomato Tomato is now available to the public. And while Sugar Hill Foods may have started with the tomato, you can also now get string bean tomato, cauliflower tomato, Brussels sprouts tomato, as well as corn, peas, and carrot tomato, all lovingly packed and sealed before being shipped to market. Sugar Hill Foods. Food so good, it ought to be a crime. Thanks again to Sugar Hill Foods and their fine sponsorship of this fine program. Obviously, they're not real. Um, If there is anybody out there who says, man, I'd like to spend some money on that piece of crap show, uh, please contact us through any of the available means, and we will be more than happy to set up a sponsorship account for you post-haste. 
Our last podcast feature for you this evening is uh, something that just made me laugh so damn hard. Uh, this is Greg Fitzsimmons and his show, Fitz Dog Radio. And a couple of weeks ago, he had Dave Keckner on. And if you don't recognize the name Dave Keckner, uh, look it up online. Look at his picture. You go, oh, that guy. Uh, he's bald. Um, not to say anything bad about that, because, hey, we're all losing our hair. And uh, he talks kind of out of the side of his mouth. Uh, he's been in a ton of stuff. He was recently in a guest starring role in The Office, where he played a, a salesman that Michael Scott wanted to have work in the home office really bad. And then turns out he just p- pissed everybody off. Um, anyway, uh, there was a, a bit here during Greg's show where <laughs> he plays a, a game with his guests called Talk Your Way Out of It, where he sets up what should be a difficult situation and uh, without any warning basically has them improvise uh, some sort of dialogue to get out of the embarrassing or difficult situation and uh, Dave Keckner didn't find it quite so uh, daunting and laughed so hard that well I'm not even gonna tell you, you just you just listen to it. it it'll probably make you laugh like it did me something about the sound of a guy laughing uncontrollably is always incredibly funny here's Dave Keckner on Fitz Dog Radio with Greg Fitzsimmons it's time, ladies and gentlemen. You love it. You beg for it. And we're going to ask you actually to start sending in your submissions. Do you have an awkward, embarrassing situation that you would like to see one of my guests talk their way out of? Go to Fitzdog.com, submit them through the website, and we will uh, read your name. He's going to be good at this. And uh, and we're going to see if He's it present. makes it. He's honest. Um, and uh, he listens. Talk your way out of this one. Dave Keckner. All right, All right dog. You're at a Starbucks. Mm-hmm. You go into the restroom. Mm-hmm. You just need to urinate. You can barely not vomit because of the guy who dropped a deuce earlier. The bowl looks like there was a Starskin Hutch car chase inside of it. You hold your nose. You pee. You walk out. Who's coming in? But Penny Marshall. Okay. Penny Marshall. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. I just I saw that coming a mile away. Talk your way out of it. Excuse me. <laughs> I walk away. Uh, I don't know. This is a high stakes situation. I don't know her. I just go on by her. I sure as fuck get my cup of coffee and wait for her reaction when she walks out. <laughs> <laughs> were so low. God damn. I should have said Sydney Williams or something. I thought she meant something in this town. I hope she's not listening. I assure you she's not. I gotta start writing these down instead of thinking of them as we play the game. Yeah, what happened there? I literally, I literally don't write them down. I just wait. I, I set up the segment and then I try to think of something. Here's the game. This is a great game. You're gonna talk yourself out of a real low pressure situation. 
super low. Where you're going to be asking yourself, what, what am I trying to get out of? Someone dropped a deuce in the Starbucks toilet. Well, yeah, we all expect that. Okay. Okay. All right. I've already talked my way out of it. She didn't try to hold me up. She didn't go, wait a minute. Get back here. Oh, shit. What do you expect? Everyone's got the coffee squirts on him. Oh, Oh, fuck. The oh. Starbucks shitter, I got to tell you, man, that thing has seen that oh. those walls could talk. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but man, that Dave Keckner laugh makes me laugh hard. Uh, that's Greg Fitzsimmons and Fitzdog Radio. You can find him at Fitz, uh, gregfitzsimmons.com. You can find him on iTunes. And uh, Greg has a new book out. It's been out for, <clears throat> I guess, about a month or so called uh, Dear Mrs. Fitzsimmons, Tales of Redemption from an Irish Mailbox. You can probably find that on Amazon, I'm guessing. I know you can find it on gregfitzsimmons.com. And uh, the one place you cannot find it is in my house because I don't have a copy. But if uh, Greg wanted to send me a copy, I would send him a copy of my book, uh, which I co-wrote last year called I Hate People. Uh, yeah, if you want, to, if you're in the business world and interested in getting a read that's uh, somewhat humorous, but actually a real survivor's guide for uh, getting by in the corporate workplace, particularly, uh, and making your way around the idiots and morons who tend to use up your time and keep you from being productive, check out I Hate People, uh, written by Jonathan Littman and yours truly, Mark Hershon. That is going to take us to the end of Tesh Show number two of Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast. By the next time you hear my voice, I am hoping that you will be able to find this podcast not only at SuckatashShow.com, but on iTunes as well, if I can ever figure out how to make that darn thing work. I will also have an original theme song. I want to thank uh, the Bel Airs, who recorded the theme song I've been using as a placeholder, called, appropriately enough, Suckatash. But uh, Scott Carvey, uh, brother of Dana Carvey, who's a fine musician, has uh, created a brand new Succotash theme song, which I am waiting on pins and needles to hear. It's actually on its way to me in the mail, even as we speak. Um, and I've been talking to a top-notch producer about actually putting this show together in a much more professional manner than me, sitting at home with a tiny USB microphone and my Macintosh computer. Um, so hopefully, the next time you hear this, you're going to hear it much, much better. Until next time, this is Mark Hershon. This has been Succotash, the Comedy Podcast Podcast.